Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Alexander Wood. Alexander works with me at Comlade on all things Web3. Um, in this episode, Alexander and I are going to do a recap of the year so far and how the industry has developed or gone backwards. Um, we will be looking at metaverses, NFTs, and blockchain domains and how they have progressed this year or whether they may have gone back slightly. Uh, so without further ado, let's begin. So Alexander, um, what for you has been the biggest uh, bit of news from this year so far with regards to blockchain? Um, I think I think something that you know a theme that covers sort of all all the different areas of Web three, so kind of blockchain. NFTs and metaverse is that, you know, coming out of 2021 and the first half of 2022, there was an awful lot of optimism. Um, and I think 2023 so far in the second half of 2022 has been um, the kind of the bursting of, of various different bubbles uh, in each of those three spheres. I mean, I think if you're going to pick one story that's the biggest, I think I would, I guess, have to choose the kind of the FTX collapse and the and the fallout from that, which I guess we can go into more detail on. But yeah, if if I was to pick one story, that would be that would be the one, um, just because I think it exposed to people that you know aren't particularly involved in web three or aren't kind of web three diehard fans hmm. um just how kind of precarious <laughs> lots of um these crypto exchanges are and um correct yeah if you're not one of because you know for for those that may not know web three does have a lot of people who support it out of a sense i think of kind of ideology rather than practicality not to say that they're all wrong or, or stupid or anything like that but I think there's certainly a kind of there can be a bit of a further a kind of libertarian streak <laughs> that runs through it um, yeah. but when regular Joes read the newspaper and see you know the biggest crypto exchange is going down in flames because they don't have enough liquidity and you know they've been you know, deceiving people about how much liquidity they have, mm. you know, that, that really does have quite, quite big effects on the, on the long-term kind of prospects of things like crypto. Not that crypto will go away completely, but I think it's quite hard to rebuild the trust in it that, that existed, you know, before yeah, the these things collapsed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think one of, one of the things that this is kind of, taught us is that regulation is something that will need to be looked at uh, and and taken on board if we want to have a mediocre of credibility given to the uh, crypto uh, environment mm. and also the blockchain environment because without the regulation as you say like FTX there's no regulation determining how they behave and and how they take their customers money and how they utilize their customers money 
um, mm. which is which is never a good thing. Um, yeah, so I think that that was probably the biggest news of 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 this year so far is has been that. Um, mm. Another thing, I guess, is the credibility of or the usability of the metaverse. Mm. You know, what do you what do you think about that? Because from my perspective, you know, there hasn't really been as many big uh, use cases um, within Mm. the uh, metaverse. So how are you seeing it? Because you spend a lot of time within the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For my in my job role, I do spend (laughs) quite a bit of time in the metaverse. I think there's a number of challenges that the metaverse faces. I think even if you really go back to a kind of conceptual standpoint, it's actually quite hard to explain what the metaverse is to normal people. Um, And, you know, that tells you from the get go that, you know, if you can't explain it to an, to an ordinary kind of layman off the street, then perhaps as a concept, it needs a bit more work before it can be expected to become a mass market phenomenon. Um, I mean, when you, even when you Google, what is the metaverse, for example, you'll quite often get definitions where they'll sort of cluster various different characteristics together and imply that if you merge enough of these characteristics that makes a metaverse. Um, but I, you know, Quite often, I don't think that's necessarily the most kind of convincing argument. I think for something for something like the metaverse to be kind of taken seriously and to be adopted by large numbers of people, people really have to understand, you know, what what is this thing that people are talking about um, and why do I want to be there? Um, I mean, for, for those that are maybe less familiar, You know, I think the ambition that metaverse creators or or proponents have for the metaverse is that there's a kind of digital world or digital worlds that exist where kind of consumers will choose to spend lots of their time rather than be in the physical world. Um, And that the kind of even more sort of optimistic end of the spectrum that these words worlds will become interoperable. So you'll be able to move seamlessly from one to another and in reality um metaverse worlds you know they're very much not interoperable so um you know they're walled off into kind of separate microverses i suppose uh, some people call them um yeah. and the experiences you find in there kind of are not not the kind of experiences that i think would attract you know, thousands and thousands of people to go in there and stay there. I mean, from lots of the data I've read, you know, lots of people enter a metaverse and then, you know, spend maybe an hour in it max and then leave because the experiences in the metaverse kind of aren't really engaging enough right now for lots of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think they, you know, when you go in there, you expect... You know, the way it's marketed or the way it's spoken about, you expect it to be like an almost sort of cyberspace sci-fi experience. But actually, <laughs> yeah. it's a kind of, you know, you kind of think, oh, well, if 
if they're telling me that as a consumer, I should be spending less time in the real world and more time in the digital world, I need mm. the digital world to be extremely cool <laughs> and fun and Absolutely. a good yeah, place yeah. to be and spend time because, yeah. you know, especially after the pandemic, I think people, um, you know, people have valued going back to the real world, so to speak, rather than being kind of in isolation because of all the lockdowns and things like that. So I think it is a big ask to mm. kind of expect consumers to do that. And yeah, at the moment, they're just not, um, yeah, they're just not engaging enough. The content isn't, isn't there. Um, and I think, and I think one of the bigger issues as well is that there's no, there's no indexing, indexing of the site. So if you go yeah. on to let, we'll just use one Decentraland and you want to go and find a particular, you know, brand, for example, um, it's virtually impossible unless the brand has given you the actual coordinates of their particular space that they have uh, purchased. Um, mm. And I think yeah. that that's one of the big issues for people is that how do I actually find what I'm looking for? Because there's no mm. obvious way for you to do that. And until somebody actually brings up a, indexing system or, or, or something along those lines, it's going to be very difficult to, to, to get, well, most people excited about the concept of a metaverse. Uh, because mm. if it's, if you, if you're going to log in and it's a bit of a hit and miss as to whether you're going to find what you're looking for, then, you know, that's not, that's not where you want to be. You know, you want to go in, like you said, you know, you, you, you want to experience that sci-fi experience. So you want to be able mm. to go in, uh, ready player style, ready player one style, and, you know, find what you're looking for real quick, real mm. easy. And then you'll be willing to spend more time in that environment. And you'd probably be more than willing to spend some money in that environment. Uh, whereas now mm. it's a bit, it's a bit too difficult to actually do that. Um, yeah, it's, it is difficult to find if you, you know, if you're looking for something specific, unless the person that owns the land in Decentraland chooses to, to kind of list or to, just to have a title for, mm. you know, what, what's in that land, um, then it's just blank. And yeah, I mean, and also another point, I think that it's maybe overlooked, but even the, the geography of Decentraland, like it's a completely flat environment. So there's no, yeah. you know, you're not on a hill looking down and <laughs> able to see what's kind of in the valleys on. or whatever. You're just yeah. in a completely flat environment, you know, and of course, because of technical constraints, you can't actually see as far as the eye could see. You can only see as far as, um, you know, the servers and your computer can, uh, can pop the environment in as you're kind of moving through it. So, you know, it's not, it is difficult to navigate. So in that sense, because you're kind of walking around and just seeing things kind of pop up in yeah, your, yeah. in your vicinity, um, which yeah, is, doesn't compare favorably to, you know, lots of modern video games or even not so modern video games in that sense yeah. feel more immersive than the metaverse. And if, you know, one of the key characteristics of what a metaverse is supposed to be is it's supposed to feel like a real place. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And if you don't have that immersivity, then, you know, it just doesn't feel like a real place, <laughs> of course. No, absolutely. 100% agree. Um, the next topic we're going to look at <laughs> is both you and my uh, favorite topic, NFTs. Uh, and <laughs> and the hype, I guess you could call it, uh, behind NFTs, and you know whether and whether the NFT is still a, a successful tool or not. I did see on the weekend that the NBA um, is putting out some more NFTs, um, mm. which is which is interesting. Um, so there are quite yeah. a few big brands that are utilizing nfts to you know create an interest in their particular sector um but how have you found nfts and their 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 growth or maybe uh drop in price for example mm. um yeah i think you know the you know for those that don't know nfts were quite valuable in 2021 and there was a big boom and then kind of along with the drop in cryptocurrency in 2022 there was essentially a crash of nft prices um you know i, I think the two are, are you know happened for similar reasons in in lots of ways that you know essentially i think the reason the prices went up so quickly is that there were a few high profile NFT programs like Bored Ape where, you know, the prices started off, you know, if you were an early adopter that signed up quite low and then they jumped to kind of extraordinary, extraordinarily high levels and had huge mm -hmm. celebrities endorsing them and investing in them. Um, but, you know, like any, you know, like any kind of uh, speculative market, you know, people are only going to invest while the prices still go up. And at some point, correct. At some point, once the price starts going down, um, you know, if the only value they have is a, is as a speculative asset, that's not enough to sustain a kind of long term um, future for NFTs. And I think ultimately, that's yeah. that's kind of what happened is that the the bubble burst and consumers realized, oh, like I've, you know, I've invested huge sums of money um, in these digital <laughs> yes. assets, which now people, you know, don't value because the yeah. bubbles burst. Um, and I remember we were talking the other day about um, people or Sotheby's, for example, is now being sued by yep. people who claim that the NFTs that Sotheby's sold them were misrepresented to them um, because, you know, Sotheby's implied that that they'd be making a kind of investment and that the, the value of the NFT would go up. So mm -hmm. I think that that's a very good example of basically what's happened to NFTs, I think, in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Is that, yeah, they were, they were valued a lot because they were seen as something that would keep going up in value and then, and then that stopped. And now, you know, the NFT market is, you know, worth, you know, much, Way much less than it was a year and <laughs> yeah. a, a year and a bit ago. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's off the top of my head. It's dropped by like 85 percent or something on average, yeah. like the value of NFTs. So it's really, 
it's really not good. I mean, the, the only other thing though I'd say is to caveat it is, I think if you're a brand that really thinks hard about how to utilize NFTs and and has a kind of good idea that can, you know, provide more utility to your customers than simply being a kind of speculative asset. So, yeah. you know, the yeah. NBA thing, which I think is them, you know, you buy a kind of video NFT of your favorite shot or, or whatever it might be, your favorite moment from a game. I can see how, you know, sports fans would enjoy collecting those sorts of things. Like I'm a football fan myself, the Premier League, I don't think has done anything like that. But if it did no. exist, I can, <laughs> I can imagine people would buy them as long as they weren't sort of ludicrously expensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are some NFT programs, I think, that do try and think a little bit harder about how to appeal to people rather than just, you know, people wanting to create the next big NFT craze. Um, but, you know, ultimately, those are kind of relatively few and far between. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I <laughs> the future of the NFT market, I think, is, is certainly... Um, going to have to be more sort of well thought out from brand owners perspective if they're going to succeed yeah absolutely and not just brand owners i mean even even those entities we were at that london conference uh on mm. nfts where they were talking about nfts being used within the movie industry uh to allow yeah. you to get you know, so if you've got an NFT for, let's just use the most popular movie at the moment, Barbie, and you got an mm. you got an NFT with uh, the Barbie image on it, you could go into a Mattel store and actually convert that NFT into a physical Barbie doll, for example, a limited mm. edition one from the movie. Um, mm. So that's something that's been looked at, um, and. You are right. At the end of the day, I think there's two two markets within the NFT sphere. One, the speculatives, so Bored mm. Ape, um, people that copy that, Banksy's, those types of things. Or alternatively, you've also got the the brands and how do they actually take that their entity, their name. And put it into something that's actually worthwhile, you know, passing on to their onto their customers. So that's mm. something that we should uh, definitely be keeping a lookout on, uh, or lookout for, I should say. Yeah. Um, the next topic is the one that we both enjoy, um, which is blockchain domains, and um, I think I think at the moment the blockchain domain industry is very similar to what happened within the new GTLDs um, in that when the new GTLDs came out in 2012, a lot of the brands went through the process of blocking their terms to ensure that they are, that they were secure and that nobody else could use them to, you know, do nefarious things. Um, but I think that's now changing and brands are becoming a little bit more discerning in which ones they actually register in or mm. register for that matter. Um, and also I think brands are starting to 
talk internally. So it's always the legal team, generally speaking, that that is the one that asks for a brand's term to be protected. Um, but I think now the IT departments are coming to the legal team saying, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing X. Can you get us, you know, can we have that term? Mm. So brands are starting to protect particular types of terms, you know, so .nft, .x, uh, mm. et cetera, just with the, with the potential that going forward um, there might actually be some usage of their mm. terms. Um, yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, uh, I think with blockchain domains, especially if we're comparing it to NFTs in the metaverse, you know, mm. comparing it to the other aspects of Web3, blockchain domains certainly seem to be in a more, I'd say a somewhat more stable and kind of healthy place. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there is some risk with blockchain domains in that, you know, say if you're an individual or a brand owner and you buy blockchain domains, you know, it is possible that, you know, the blockchain company that built the blockchain goes under and it just disappears. Um, but that's not, you know, that that can happen. But of course, you know, there are the sort of the big fish where it's pretty unlikely that they're going to just disappear. Yeah, correct. Um, there are, <laughs> you know, the industry is, you know, there are a huge number of kind of very small blockchains that have tried to kind of, I guess, jump on the bandwagon or the gold rush, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just kind of, they're just creating blockchains for the sole purpose of we're just going to try and sell as many names as we possibly can. Um, but I think it's clear that, you know, with the, the companies that have emerged as the kind of the yeah the bigger fish that they that they will survive and so I think for you know for brand owners and individuals you know one can feel pretty secure that you know if you buy a blockchain domain um, that covers your trademark then you know yeah. you'll you'll be able to keep that blockchain domain um, and of course yeah right now. It is, you know, 99% of people are doing it defensively just yep. to stop someone else or another brand from getting it, which, you know, I think is a perfectly valid business strategy. Um, and yeah, I suppose in that sense, unlike NFTs or unlike the metaverse, it's, it's kind of clear what brands are getting out of blockchain domains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it can be difficult you know, pitching, oh, here's what you should do in the metaverse, or you should do an NFT program. I think for for the vast majority of brands, that's just not really going to bring them kind of much benefit, really. Mm. Um, whereas with blockchain domains, it's, you know, it's an obvious, serves the obvious function of protecting their, their intellectual property. Um, and, of course, in the future, um, you know, no one really knows exactly when it will happen, but you know, I'm sure at some point in the future, whether that's five or 10 years or maybe even longer, blockchain domains will probably function more like Web2 domains in terms of you'll be able to type it into your browser and, you know, the yeah. content will be able to be supported. So obviously with that in mind, it, it, it does kind of make sense for brands to register them um, to kind of prepare for when that day comes and, 
you know, you don't want to miss out on buying your blockchain domains when they're really cheap at the beginning rather than, you know, having to acquire them off someone else that may have bought them in the meantime. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I think, yeah. Well, no, I was just going to sum up and say, yeah, I think that's, that's the difference between them and NFTs and the metaverse is that it's, you know, there's a kind of more obvious function for them uh, that yeah. benefits people that own them. Absolutely. I think, I think also you mentioned five to 10 years before it becomes, you know, more widely used where people are able to type into a browser and be taken to X website. I think, I think that might, that might come along a little quicker when um, the next round of new GTLDs come into play, which is in 2026, um, uh, quarter one of 2026. Mm. So I think when, when that starts to happen, then I think brands will, 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 will start putting, be putting pressure onto other providers uh, of services, you know, like browser providers, um, email providers, etc., to allow them to use both the new GTLD that they've acquired, as well as potentially the um, uh, blockchain domain that they've acquired. Um, so mm-hmm. I think, I think it'll 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 start it'll start being pushed mm. a little bit more. I know at the moment I can who looks after the web 2 regulations and um, technical side of it is not very keen on 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 web 3 but I think with more pressure they mm. will start to see um, that brands are starting to want to utilize their new their brand new GTLDs in 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 a web three environment and join the two together mm. um and i think when that starts to happen that's going to be a little bit of a shift within the within the within the industry mm. um it's going to be difficult uh to be honest because yeah. technology is one is is one of the the hindrances um mm. and also you know people don't necessarily take it as seriously or they don't trust it because they, all they think about is crypto. Yeah. Um, you know, and this isn't cryptocurrency. This is, this is a blockchain technology. Mm. Um, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you raise a lot of good points. I think ultimately, yeah, I, I think once new technology comes along like blockchain, mm. which, you know, ultimately is just a way of storing data. It doesn't necessarily have to be used for crypto or for blockchain domains or, or whatever. Correct. But I think yeah. now that we have blockchain domains, I think it's probably inevitable that some sort of accommodation with the kind of Web2 regulatory world will be reached eventually. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it will be a yeah. long tricky difficult process (laughs) a difficult road yes (laughs) for all different parties involved yeah Um, yeah. but you you know you can't turn the clock back and just uninvent this stuff Um, no absolutely not uh, yeah and i think it is in the interest ultimately of everyone to come to an, an accommodation rather than 
be at loggerheads and have loads of clashing and all this sort of stuff because I think you know that would be a kind of mutually weakening dynamic for for all parties I think everyone you know lots of the web3 providers will probably enjoy you know being seen as a bit more kind of mainstream and legitimate by having some regulation um, yeah, despite yeah, absolutely. at the same time losing some autonomy um and you know brand owners and web2 regulators would probably be happier you know having a bit more faith that there isn't going to be all this kind of clashing and you know worrying about having to compete with blockchain domain registries which you know don't have the same kind of contracts that they do with ICANN um, absolutely and also how do how do how do they get their terms back you know mm. because in the web2 environment you can you can for lack of a better way of putting it, you can sue to get your term back uh, through some of the legal processes called UDRP and URS. Mm. Um, but in the Web2 environment, that doesn't currently exist. You know, you don't have that recourse to, mm. to, to, to get your term back. And even if you are successful in getting your term back, it's, it's down to the individual that that owns that term to actually transfer that term to you to your wallet yeah. um because if they decide not to you know you don't really have any recourse um yeah if you can't which is problematic <laughs> yeah which in many cases you know that is very very difficult if not impossible absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean i think i mean we were talking to our head of legal on Friday, Heather, who said, you know, the thing that drove the regulation of the internet was trademark law and, and you know, yep. brand owners coming to the US government again and again and saying, we want you to start regulating this stuff because people are stealing our kind of IP online, essentially. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it, it will be, I mean, I am pretty interested to see kind of how this all develops in in practice because it's obviously yeah. easy for us to say oh there'll probably be some sort of reconciliation because you know it does seem like there's a you know there's a long road between kind of me saying that and that being a reality um particularly as you say because the technology of web3 you know it does make it much more difficult to regulate in the same way as as web2 simply because of the sort of the, the anonymity afforded to users of web3 by crypto wallets not having any you know not having any clear way of tracking that to who actually owns it correct um, yeah but uh you know these things i'm i'm kind of always a believer that when there needs to be a compromise people will figure out a way how to make it work if you know if that correct. makes any sense um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think there's enough vested interests from all parties to make it work. Um, Correct. So I think certainly with the kind of bigger blockchains like Ethereum, um, you know, if you look on Ethereum's on ENS's website, they, you know, they do, you know, they have big sections. How do you link your Ethereum name to Web2 and make it resolve on the internet? So I think there is a kind of desire to do that. Correct. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, 
Alexander, thank you very much for uh, for the time today. Um, I think it's uh, it's always fun to talk about uh, what's happened in the industry so far, uh, yeah. and you know what what's what's potentially going to happen, mm. Mm. and you know how do we how do we go forward? Um, thank you very much uh, to everyone for listening. Big thanks to Alexander. Uh, for once answering all our queries and for that very informative uh, discussion we've just had. If you have any additional questions or would like to have a chat with us, please send an email to web3 at comlade.com and we'll get back in touch with you. And if you want to hear more interesting discussions on Web3, follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or YouTube. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day.